and maybe breaking my leg. That sucked. I would change that too. Someone else is going to quit and they're going to keep making room for me, but I'm not going to quit. All right. Welcome everyone to episode 15 of the room. Number 15. We've been pumping these things out every week. Today, you just got me. It's Kyle Allen here, quarterback for the Houston Texans, fifth year in the league. My co-host, Jordan Palmer, played eight years in the league, trained some of the top guys. He is out right now. It's family. It's Thanksgiving week. He just had a new boy, about one week old right now. He's hanging out. He's having some family time this week. But like we said last week, we're not taking any bye weeks. So we're going to pump out an episode for you guys. Today is going to be a little different. We put a Q&A up on my Instagram earlier today, and we got a ton of questions in here. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through everybody's questions. If you're new, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on our socials. Our short form stuff has been doing great. I think there's awesome. The Kirko Chains one was awesome. People seem to be loving it. So subscribe to our YouTube. Follow our channels. Like I said, today we got a Q&A going right now. So you guys send in a bunch of questions. We're going to waste no time. It's Thanksgiving week. So let's get right into it. All right. First question. Did you see Taylor Heineke's new shoes? That is a fucked up question because they just played us. I did see the shoes. He posted them right after the game. I thought he was going to have a little bit more respect for us, for me personally, after that game. But he took wasted no time. And he also probably lied to us when he was on the episode and said he doesn't start looking for his shoes till after the game because that post was up in about 20 minutes after the game. So, yes, I did see Taylor's new shoes. It was good to see Taylor in person again. He played a very solid game. Their defense overwhelmed us last week. That was tough. But, yeah, I did see that. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate it. All right, that was a great start to the questions. All right, next question. What is your favorite thing about hosting the room? Very awesome question. I think me and Jordan had wanted to do something like this for a while. We spend a ton of time around some of the top QBs in the game, especially the young ones. I think my favorite thing personally so far about doing the room has been the ability to talk to guys who I don't know. Like we, like Kirk Cousins. I'd never met Kirk Cousins before. I was so fired up to do that interview to hear from him because he's a guy that I watched forever. I've never talked to him, heard nothing but great things about him. And then to actually get to ask him questions and see, because you guys got to remember, I'm still in the league. Like I'm fifth year in the league. I'm still learning. Like I'm trying to figure out how to become better. So not only is this content and entertainment and a show, but like double whammy for me, I get to learn from some of the top guys and I get to hear so many people's stories. I think it, this doesn't do as well. And maybe you guys don't like it as much as I do, but the two minute drills at the end to hear guys talk about their personal stories from their own point of view, everyone's story gets talked about throughout media, right? It's all from everyone else's point of view. They're deciding what gets talked about and what the narrative is. But to hear these guys talk about what they've been through, their adversities, their family, their background, like what's important to them. That's probably my favorite thing about this show. And and I don't know how many times they get to really do that, where they get a setting where they get to go through their whole journey and talk about it and put it down on paper. But that's paramount and that's core to players for their confidence, to know who they are, to know what they've been through, to understand what it takes to get shit done. It's all about their story. So those are some of my favorite things for sure. Okay, cool. Next question we got. So what's your favorite part about being in a quarterback room? There's so many different facets to a quarterback room and it really depends what your quarterback room is like what's the makeup of it of it is I think when we were talking to Fitzy about it I asked him like what makes up the best quarterback room what is the traits and the qualities of the quarterback room and he described it really well knowing your role everybody in that room has to know their role I think that's a really big one I think everybody in that room uh, has to be rooting for each other, pulling in the same direction. Because if you have friction and you have two guys that aren't on the same page, 
it just doesn't work and it makes life miserable. Playing quarterback is hard enough. That is your sanctuary. It's like your safe place during the season where like you need to be able to vent. You need to be able to laugh and cry and do all those things because there are very few people in the world that understand what you're going through with the highs and lows of a season. And those guys in the room are the guys that truly understand that. So I think those are very important characteristics. And then also the best player, the starter, he has to be the leader of the group. He has to be the one that's working the hardest. He's got to be the one that sets the tone and definitely sets the tone for the other guys. Well, everyone's got to know their role. Everyone's got to be there. They got to put in the effort. But I think for me, the best part about the quarterback room is when it's just the quarterbacks, right? When you're in there on a Monday or a Tuesday, like today we were in there watching film on the Dolphins, right? You're in there putting in work, you're collaborating, you're working together, but at the same time, you're just chopping it up. You're hanging out, you're making stupid jokes. You're just having a great time. And that's probably one of the things I'm like most scared about when football comes to an end is you're just not going to have that team atmosphere anymore to be able to be around those guys that you've put in so much work with, that you've been through a ton with, that you just grinded it out with on Sunday. And then to go back and just every Monday start from scratch. All right. That's in the past. How are we going to attack this week? What are we going to do to get better? It's just such a team environment. And I think the quarterback room, like we always say is where it starts. If you want to win on Sunday, you got to play good in that quarterback room. And so for me, it's a great responsibility. And I think it's really cool to be able to share the room with so many awesome guys over the years too. With Alex Smith, with Cam Newton, with Taylor Heineke, with Rand Fitzpatrick, like so many great, with North Turner, my first two years in the league. I just think the people that you meet along the way and the personalities that you come across is just incredible. And that's why I always try and put so much effort into making those relationships and making them last. We just played Washington last week and I've been with that coaching staff and all those players for four years and the joke was that they had a counter on how many hugs I was going to give before the game. My coach is here and the over under was at five. I said, you better bet the fucking over. I'm going to give about a hundred hugs out today. These are my people. And I think the relationships that last and keep going in football, that's the coolest part about it. These are some great questions so far, guys. This is awesome. In depth. I thought I was going to get a bunch of stupid questions on here, to be honest. So props to you guys. Next question we got, if you could go back and change one thing about your career, what would it be? I'm that I don't really like to think about things in my life that way. I think things are meant to happen, things are supposed to happen. You're going to learn from things, you're going to become who you're supposed to be because of those things. I would say probably the one thing I would want to change about my career from my perspective is in 2019 when I was playing in Carolina. That was when Cam got hurt, right? So the year before I was just struggling to make a team. I ended up playing a game at the end of the year. I played great. And then I knew I was going to be on the team that year. But it was still, it's Cam Newton's team, right? Former MVP, great roster. I was just excited to be his backup that year. And then he gets hurt. And it was so like in between, right? Like I didn't know if I was going to play five games, two games, the whole season. And so I just tried to take it one game at a time, one game at a time, one game at a time. And then we won four, got to the bye week. And I thought after that, I was like, wow, we did it. That was my goal. Make it to the bye week with just be over 500. And then we were four and oh, and then cam gets put on IR and okay, here's the rest of your season. You got it. And for me, I don't know if I was mentally prepared for that at that point. And I think that there was a lot of struggles in there and a lot of mental errors on the field and first round picks and high draft picks and guys that they've invested a lot in. 
they get to work through those and they get to get extra time. Those are the growing pains. Like when you hear it, it's a perfect example. I always talk about Josh's first couple of years. He's turned out to be one of the best players in the league, right? He had lots of growing pains his first two years, but he gets to work those out. I knew I wasn't going to be able to work those out. I knew I had to play good right then and right there. And I think there was just a lot of times where I pressed too much and didn't stick to the strip, stick to the plan. And it just got a little much for me that year at the end. And personally, I think that's one thing I would change. Probably the only thing I would change about my career is how I mentally approach those games and those weeks. And maybe, I don't know if I could have done it any different personally, but I know I've learned a ton from it. And even that next year when I played in Washington, before I got hurt, I was playing so much better. I was playing awesome, which was such a bummer when I got hurt. But I think from a mental standpoint, I grew a lot after that year, but it it took a toll on me that year. And I personally, I think I needed it to get to the point where I'm at today, but that's probably the only thing I would ever change about my career. And maybe breaking my leg. That sucked. I would change that too. Can you explain how an NFL practice squad works? So practice squad, very interesting question, actually. Practice squad, I was on practice squad my first year. The rules have changed since COVID, but practice squad my first year was basically the roster's 53 people. Practice squad at that point was 10 people. You could have 10 people on your practice squad and they make a, a fraction, like it's still great money, but I think practice squad when I was doing it was like 120 and you practice all week. And then on Sundays, you're essentially not on the team. Some places they don't even let their guys go to the stadium. When I was in Carolina, I traveled with the team. The quarterback always traveled with the team and then go to the home games. But the way practice squad worked back then was if you, someone got hurt and you got elevated, you could get elevated to the 53 man roster, but then you were active. Once you got elevated, you were on the roster And so basically it's a way for teams to be able to have guys just in the reserve that are still working in the system that understand what's going on and have chemistry there. Now you can have 16 people on practice squad and they don't only, they can be vets before they couldn't be vets. Like you could only be on practice squad if you had like less than two or three years of active roster. So now you can have 16, you can have vets on there and you can get, raised up for one game and put down, raised up for another game, put down. But if you get raised up for a third game, then you have to be on the active roster. So COVID really changed that a lot. It's given a lot of people more opportunities having 16 people versus 10. There's a lot more jobs in the NFL now. So I think it's been a really nice upgrade. Next question, favorite stadium you've played in? This is a tie for me. I think the favorite, the two, actually there's three, Never mind. The three favorite stadiums I've played in, New Orleans, the Caesars Dome, I think it is now. It was the Mercedes Dome when I played back there. First game I ever started, one of the coolest environments. That dome is like a perfect circle, and it is loud as shit in there. People get crazy in there. They do the hoot at chant right before. They turn the lights off when the home team runs out. Everyone's flashing their lights on their phones. Like just the history behind it, it is awesome. And when I play away games and it is loud, I just get tunnel vision. I get locked in even more. I love when away games are super loud. The fans are into it. You're playing a good team. I think that's football. Like that's NFL football to me. Second would probably be Lambeau. I play Lambeau right here. You can see the picture right here. If you're on YouTube, watch it. This is me, Lambeau. Unfortunately, we lost that game, but Lambeau in the snow, night game against Aaron Rodgers, two minute drive, got down to the half yard line. We got stuffed. So it was like one of my best games I've played, even though I had a couple turnovers, but just that experience, that's 
history right there. That's cool. As you can tell, I'm a history nut with football, so I love that. And then Arizona Cardinals Stadium. I grew up in Scottsdale. That was my second start ever was in Arizona Cardinals Stadium. I had all my family there. And that was like a big game for me. That was my second year. It was a big game for me. I got to start the third game of the year and threw four touchdowns, balled out, one in front of all my family and my friends and all the people that have been through my crazy journey with me. And that stadium is just so easy to spin it in. The air is perfect in there. The grass was crisp. Like that's quarterback stream right there. So those are my three favorites. All-time favorite quarterback room that you've been a part of. This is tough. I've been a part of some fun quarterback rooms. And for me, that's how I judge a quarterback room. I judge it off of how fun it is. My rookie year when it was me and Cam Newton, Garrett Gilbert in training camp, he ended up getting cut. And then Taylor Heineke, that was fun. Cam was hilarious in there. We were playing. We had one of those mini basketball hoops. We put it up on the wall. We were playing that. Like every time between meetings, we would have little pig games. Like he just knew how to make football fun. Like the meetings weren't ever serious. Like we'd get our work done, but there's always funny stuff to talk about. You always had great stories. I think that like football, I did not like football before that year in college. I had a rough go in college. I think the way that Cam Newton made football fun for me again was he just, if you're ever around Cam or you've seen him in the media, like Cam has a different aura about him. He has a different energy and the quarterback in any team is going to set the culture and set the tone for the team. And he had a, an, an unbelievable way of understanding how to set that culture and have all these relationships with his teammates. But no coach could tell him anything. He's li- not in a bad way. He's listening to his coaches. He's understanding. He's getting installs. But at the end of the day, that was Cam Newton's team regardless. So at practice, he's having a great time. He's joking around. And then he's getting super competitive. He's talking shit to the defense, this and that. He's playing music the whole time. Like that, like Carolina after, even before the Super Bowl, once he got drafted there, that was his franchise and he knew exactly how to run it. And just being a part of that and him not taking the game too seriously, but just having a great time with that. I hadn't been around that since high school. And so that just refreshed the game for me in a similar way with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the same way. He'd been around the game for a long time and he just understood what it meant to play football and how hard it is and not to make it any harder by not having fun with it. So that was probably my number one favorite quarterback room last year with Fitzy and Taylor again. And then Garrett Gilbert ended up signing late in the year. And then we had a guy, Kyle Shermer, who's a coach for the bills. Now, like Will was dick around time the whole time. Like we were fucking around, having a great time, funny ass dudes. Those were probably two of my favorite ones. Did you try to get number seven when I went to Houston? Yes, I did try to get number seven. I actually tried to get number eight. Cause that's why I was in Washington. I like that. Both of them were taken kicker, Kaimi Fairbarn. It's number seven. He deserves it. He's been here for a long time. Great kicker. And then I think there was a safety in training camp that had number eight before I got here. But I'm a single-digit number guy now. I can't do it. There was like 15 or 18, five, and three available. And this is my third team I've been on the NFL. So I decided, why not go three? That sounds good. Next question. Peewee, high school football, college football, NFL. What has been my favorite? I don't think anything beats high school football. I think you ask a lot of people, high school football is probably their favorite. And that's when I actually became like good at football. Before high school football, I was bad. I was like, I played on my buddy's team, Luke Rubenzer. He was like the all-star. He ended up playing at Cal QB, but we played on the same Pee Wee team and he was the quarterback. 
I played receiver and I played like safety or something. And I remember playing on his team and I was like, wow, this guy's like awesome. Like I need to get better if I'm going to be here. He won Gatorade player of the year in high school too. He continued to be good, but I don't know what happened to me in high school. I hit like a growth spurt after my freshman year. I went from 140 to like 185, gained five inches, started to understand actually how to play football. And then I started being good at it. So I think high school is probably my favorite. I'd say NFL is second. Pee wee third, college last. Next question. How did you think about football differently when you were 15? That's a good backup question to this one. Football at 15 was just fun, man. Like, I didn't care about like picks or touchdowns or whatever was going to happen. I wasn't looking at my stats after the game or checking to see what reporters were saying. Football, when you were 15, like you were just with the homies. You were just trying to grind out a win any way you could just trying to have fun. And then you were going in and out after the game and hanging out with everybody and going to the house and hanging out in the hot tub and fucking around in the backyard. That's what I miss about football is the pureness because the higher you get every, everyone in the NFL will tell you like it's business. It's a business through and through it's cutthroat. But back in high school, man, it was just all about fun. So there's a lot of different, but that's when I was in high school, I was just trying to have fun. What have you learned from the room guests so far? So we're 15 weeks in now, 14 weeks with guests. I think we've had 15 overall because we had Bo and DTR in the same episode. I think I've, I've spent a lot of time around college and NFL quarterbacks in the offseason too. I like to get in that community. I think that the community is more tight-knit than you think. It's probably one of the most tight-knit communities in sports. But just from the episodes of the room, I think – that when you hear all these people's stories, you hear how everyone got there, you hear these different takes. I think there's so many different angles to analyze football and analyze the quarterback position. And everyone thinks about it differently. And that's why I like being about in different quarterback rooms. You, know, you question guys' thought process about how do you think about this? What do you think in this protection and this concept? How do you read this? When you play this defense, like what are you looking at? And I'm not afraid to ask those questions. I think everyone you can learn something from everyone right you can pull you may not agree with everybody on everything but you can pull something from every guy and i think that's been the coolest thing for me so far it's even the college guys but mostly the nfl guys is just pulling how they think about things differently and i think it's made me better as a quarterback too all right that's a good question i like i said we're asking some deep questions here how do you push through moments when you feel like giving up this is a question that we've been through with with some of our guests too. And this is the question that Ryan Fitzpatrick actually asked in our QB to QB question. I think that no matter who you are in your career, at some point you're going to hit a lot of adversity and you're going to hate football. Football is going to suck. You're going to feel like, why do I play this? And with any sport, you're going to, you're not going to know why you play this. You're going to want to quit. You're not going to want to do this anymore. And that's always the easy way out. The easy way out is always to quit. But I think my career and a lot of people's careers that we've had on here, if there's any story behind it, it's that I didn't quit. And I live by this saying that the people that quit just make room for the people that don't quit. The more you just push through, the more that you just keep going, you just put your head down, you trust it, you realize that things are happening to you for a reason and they're not happening against you, they're happening for you and you just keep putting your head down and going, people are going to fall off. I always look at it like you're going down this path, and it's wide at the beginning, but it's going to get more narrow and more narrow as you keep going on in your career. And are you willing to just walk the path? Are you willing not to stray off and give up? 
And I think that if you just think about that and you take it day by day and really have a stoic mentality about everything, it's going to pay off in the end. And I think there's been plenty of times in my career that I wanted to quit in college when I transferred to Houston and I had a red shirt and I was in a city where I didn't know anybody and had no, no connections to the team. I wanted to quit. I called my dad and I said, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. I want to quit. After making it to the NFL and then getting cut, I was on the couch for eight weeks. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I wanted to quit. After I broke my leg a couple years ago, going through that and not even being healthy a year after trying to grind through that season, I wanted to quit. But I just keep going back to just pushing through and keeping my head down and realizing that someone else is going to quit and they're going to keep making room for me, but I'm not going to quit. And also, we've talked about this before, but Nigu Never Ever Give Up is a charity that me and Jordan are part of with kids fighting childhood cancer and spent a lot of times around those kids. And a lot of those kids are great examples of how to not quit. So I've got a lot of motivation in my life around that. All right. Who is a teammate that has changed the way you view the game? I think the first person that comes to mind is Cam Newton. We already talked about this earlier. I think he changed the way I view football and, and how I view going about my day-to-day job and then just enjoying it and realizing where I'm at. Another person that comes to mind is North Turner. North Turner was my OC in my first two years. One of the most legendary OCs, one of the best offensive minds in football history. I think I really started to learn football when I got in that offense and playing with him. That like skyrocketed my thinking of how to read defenses and concepts. And I just remember those two years, I soaked everything up. And I think that has helped my career almost as much as anything. So those two people definitely come to mind. And also Alex Smith too. I think Alex Smith was one of my favorite teammates I've ever been around in his outlook on the game and just all the adversity that he's been through. He was probably top two, top three teammate I've ever been around. So he also changed the way I think about it. All right. A very controversial, not controversial question, but an interesting question on my part. Is there a number that you would walk away from football from money? I think there's definitely a number. I love football. I love the game of football. You can ask anybody. The seasons are an absolute grind. This is work. There's no doubt about it. I, there's definitely a number. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be in like the eight figures, like at least 20, 30 million dollars. Like we were just talking about Blake Martinez retiring and selling his Pokemon card for over half a million dollars. I'm sure that's not, that wasn't his number of why he retired, but it is interesting that it happened right after he retired. It'd take a hell of a lot more money to do that. It's got to be at least 20 to 30. Yeah, so somebody asked, Mark Andrews was your high school tight end. What was that like? So Mark didn't play football until freshman year of high school. He played soccer his whole life. We were friends from when we were young, and I remember seeing him play soccer, and he was a freak on the soccer field. He had a mad anger management issue, though. He would get yellow cards and red cards all the time. And I remember we both decided we were going to go to Desert Mountain. That was our high school, and I was like, dude, you got to play football. Like, you got to at least try it. You're a freak. He was 6'4", 230 pounds as a freshman in high school. I was like, you're going to you're gonna be unstoppable. Like, you might as well just try. And so he didn't play tight end. He played X receiver. He was our outside receiver. And our first game of freshman year, he had nine catches for 200 yards and three or four touchdowns. And he was juking everybody out. He was cutting back. Like, I think the footage is on YouTube. You could probably find it somewhere, but it was – just unbelievable. And then after that, it just didn't stop. And the funny thing is he plays tight end. Now when he would get offers from colleges, he told them specifically that he would never play tight end for them. He didn't want to play tight end. He wanted to play receiver, finally came to his senses and went to OU and played tight end. And now he's one of the best tight ends in the league. 
All right, so somebody asked. I'm say, he, Basically, what they asked is they're sitting on the couch. We were watching guys their same age play on Sundays, ball out, and then go in the press conferences, and the maturity level is just off the charts. It's so much higher than what theirs is at that point. Is it weird, and do you think about that, and how does that come about? I think when you look at guys, especially the top guys, like first-round draft picks, guys who are great in college, Heisman contenders who are just have been in front of cameras and been in front of the media for so long, forced to be mature. If you're not mature and you do stupid things up there and you don't say the right things, you're weeded out and you're just not around anymore. So when you see these top guys who are great in front of the camera, they're great in the community, they're making great decisions, they're giving back, Like that's just a product of, of their last eight years. And it's also a product of how they've grown up, but college and NFL, like the experience you get when you're around the right people, you understand the responsibility that you have. I think it's easy to get into this mindset that I'm just doing my job. I'm coming up here on Sunday, trying my best to win. If I win if I don't. But at the same time, you are, especially at the quarterback position, you are the head of a billion dollar organization. And some of these kids who are getting drafted are 21, 22 years old. And you see some people struggle with it. It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of responsibility, but then there's some people that just thrive. And I think some people are just made for it, man. Some people want that pressure. They want that responsibility. They want that weight on their shoulders. I think of Pat Mahomes whenever I think about this, like you see him every time he's on prime time, it's just another level. And he thrives off of the pressure and the responsibility. And it's just a product of growing up in it and, and really handling it well over years and getting reps and reps and reps and reps at it to where it's just second nature. If you had to pick one celebrity to represent you in court, who would it be? First two people that come to mind is Vince Vaughn. Whenever I think of celebrity, I think of movie, like movie stars too. I don't know why. I don't think of like sports people. I think of movie stars or musicians. So first person would be Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is probably my favorite actor ever. I think he'd be able to kill it. He'd be able to do whatever impersonation he needed to do to get it done. He's number one. I don't know if he's, I don't think he's ever played a lawyer, but I just watched Dodgeball the other day and he was killing it. And then the other one, probably Rob Riggle. I love Rob Riggle. Those two. They got enough humor. They got enough serious. They got enough moxie to get it done. I trust them. All right. And that's all the questions. I appreciate everyone throwing in some good questions, throwing in some good thinkers, not just some surface level stuff. I always love talking about football. I love talking about journeys. I love talking anything around the game. So I appreciate you guys sending those in next week. We're going to be back. Jordan will be back. We got great guests finishing up the season. We're getting to, to college football playoff time. We're getting to the end of the season, wild card implications at stake. So keep listening. we got a bunch of good stuff going. Appreciate you. If you've been here, if you're at this point, keep the subscribers going up. We're going to keep this thing rolling. That was Q and a, so appreciate it. I am grateful today for my family being in town on Thanksgiving. I'm grateful to be healthy on Thanksgiving, having a meal. We have Thanksgiving off this year. First time in my NFL career, I've had the whole day off. So no football. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick back and just watch football all day, eat turkey and mac and cheese. So I hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving. Just remember what you're grateful for. That's the whole reason around the holiday. Be grateful for someone. Tell somebody you love them. Tell someone you're grateful for them. Call your parents. Be with your family and just enjoy some great football. So I appreciate it. We will see you guys next week.